chapter 1. And I'm going to continue with a thought that I began last week. With the title of the message is Life Producing Seed. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. So then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, and in the image of God he created them, male and female. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for the day that you have made. Father, today we stand here as people who are so grateful for the gift of life. If you're grateful for the gift of life, I want you to just thank God with your own mouth that you are alive today. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the gift of life. Father, help us not to take any day for granted, Lord. Help us to be a people, God, who understand that you are the air that we breathe, O oh God. The people that who understand that it is in you that we have our being, O oh God. The people that understand, oh God, the privilege that we have today, sitting here under this just comfortable setting, to worship you without any fear, without any um, uh, <clears throat> concern whatsoever, that we can gather, lift up the name of Jesus, worship you with our lives, and hear your word. As we open the word today, we ask that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today, God. Let it not be like any other day, Father, that like you would cause your word to come alive in us, that even as we go out of this place, that our lives will be changed, that we will have value, add value to our lives, O oh God, because we've been with you. We worship you, we honor you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give a few people high fives around you. I know you're seated down. You know, try that. Yeah, I knew that miracles work, huh? you know, so that's good. I had to try it out. It's so good, so good, so good. So Genesis chapter 1 is the story of creation and God, we, we, it's the outline of how God created everything and, 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 and how everything began. In fact, Genesis 1-1 begins by saying, in the beginning, God... And then God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was covered over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of, of God hovered over the waters, you know. And then God said, let there be light. And he goes on and he talks about how he, he created the, the universe and the, 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 the galaxies and, and all that. And, and, and God just kept on creating things by his word. God kept speaking by his word and things will come into being. I love the song we sang, not the last one, but the one before. Not that, I did, yeah, and, and that it emphasizes that you're still working, God. Even when I don't see it, you're still working. And, and God is still speaking, even sometimes when we don't hear. That's why he 
reminds us time and time again, let him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Why? Because the Spirit is saying some things. God is speaking, sometimes we don't hear. But when we hear, and when we connect, and when we walk, we step out. Because you see, every time, when you, the first step is hearing what God's saying. Hearing what he's saying. Hearing what he's saying to you, what he's saying to the church. But how many know that even after you hear, it demands a response? And the response is always so simple. This is the thing that's so amazing to me about the ways of God. The ways of God are simple. The ways of God are not complicated. The ways of God are so simple that even a little child can get it. And sometimes it says, we've had so many complications in our lives as adults that God says, you want the kingdom? Be like a little child. Because it's that simple. God's speaking today. His word's still speaking. God's speaking over your life. He's speaking over your finances. He's speaking over your future. He's speaking over your family. He's speaking. God is speaking. I mean, I want to say, God, give me ears to hear, God. Give me ears to take, take, take my deafness away, the distractions away, so that your voice is clear to me. Jesus said that my sheep know me, and they know my voice. One of the most, sometimes, Sometimes you take it for granted. When you, when you live a life where you hear from God about your life, uh, I said something to someone, I mean, my wife and I conversed, and someone asked, is it, how do you hear from God? And people want, how do you hear from God? And, 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 <clears throat> and immediately thought, wow, God, thank you that I know your voice. Because for some people think that that is such a complicated thing. And it's not. God wants to speak to us. God wants to give us direction. God wants us to know his purpose. And you know, here's what I've learned. Is that you become better at hearing his voice the more you respond in obedience to what he tells you. If you hear his voice, the Bible says, do not harden your heart. Because when you harden your heart, that means that things just become more fogged up. It's like the old days, I want to say old days, because my kids have no idea that there was a day. We used to, if you want to watch TV, you want to watch that game, the antenna just has to be at the right place. <laughs> and how somebody tries to dare and come and mess it up before the big game. And there'll be World War II in the house that day, you know? You've been waiting for that game. You want to make sure that that thing, the, the bunny has a position at the right place and nobody... Because that it's looking for, for, for a frequency and connect. And, and, and these days you, you watch some replays from back in the day and you're like, wow, we used to watch TV like that? And I mean, we watched the whole thing. <clears throat> but anyway, whenever the antenna got to the right, caught, caught on the right frequency, you, 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 things were happy, right? And, and, and on the saddest days, like when you're in the middle, I know guys, this game, I know women might not be in the game, you might be just in the middle of that movie or show, and you've been following for the entire uh, year. And right when the suspenseful moment, 
that thing drops. <laughs> and there are unhappy people all across America, from north and south, east and west, same reaction. We lost the frequency. And I, I, and I believe that sometimes as believers is that we lose the frequency because God is, it isn't that uh, the production is not going on, it's that we lost the frequency. And, and, and it's not like God is not speaking. And there are times we have not positioned our antennas in the right places so we don't get to hear him and things, there's no happy things going on in our lives because we don't hear God. I said last week, I felt very strongly that the Lord brought us messages in October that I believe are not just a pick-me-up message and just a second, man, that was so good. I was so encouraged. I believe the Lord brought messages to us to necessitate for us to pause and think, God, what are you doing? Help my ears, God. Hey, come on, help me. I said, God, help my ears, Lord, so that I can hear what you're saying. And if I hear what you're saying to the church, God, give me the strength to do what you're asking of me. We've seen the plan of God as he went on. Everything in the creation story that had life, God put in it an ability for it to multiply. And in fact, it was his whole intent that God, that, 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 people, that, that, that there would be a multiplication that would come out of everything that God put life in it. The first thing God created with life in it was the plants. And, and as they grew, he says he created plants and trees and everything according to its kind. Uh, that, that has a seed according to its uh, to produce after its own kind. So he put in that little thing called a seed, this dynamic potential. That if put in the right places, it becomes un unstoppable. If it is in the right condition, it becomes unstoppable because it will grow and one seed can fill up a whole forest through the process of time if it was in the right environment. The animals came later and God created animals with ability. And then he came and what we read today is when he decided, I'm going to make something else. Something else that even has a great value. I love how he begins that statement. That said, God said, let us make human beings in our own image. Same sentence. Let us make human beings in our own image to be like us. I want you to think a moment about that statement. You were created to be like God. We were created to be like God. And that they will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and all the uh, animals uh, uh, on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. What's amazing to me sometimes, how many love animals? I keep watching the Net Geo forever and over. And I grew up in the wild. I grew up, you know, with Tarzan being my best friend out in Africa. <laughs> 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 
But I'm always fascinated by, 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 by animals and creatures. I love animals, and I, I, I never get bored. I could go to a zoo, and, and I just stare at one place for a long time. Some people, my wife likes to move on. It's like, yeah, we saw that. Let's go to the next one. I'll look, sit down and look at the lion or the gorilla or anything, and how powerful some of these creatures are. I mean, they're so powerful. They're in, built so meticulously and with unique features, unique abilities. Oftentimes, we are even on phys- from a physical standpoint, we, 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 we are weaker than, than a lot of these animals and our abilities to, to endure, well, maybe as such. But yet God has given us authority to reign even over the biggest creatures on earth. You see, that, that prophecy is still being fulfilled according to God's intent. But how many know that the world, we, we, we were created to be like God. Do you ever walk around every day and feel like, man, I feel like God? <laughs> There's a problem, right? There's a problem. There's a disconnect from uh, God's intent to the reality of what we live in sometimes. There are sometimes we walk through this life and we feel defeated and we feel heartbroken. And, and we maybe not feel heartbroken. Sometimes we walk defeated, actually defeated, actually heartbroken, actually feeling like, oh man, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if I have the strength to go one more day. I, I don't understand why, why things keep happening to me like they're doing. It's because... Sin entered the world and it changed everything. It changed everything. In fact, it says that even creation itself groans and moans because what, when sin entered, it distorted the, the original purpose of God in our lives. And that's why Jesus came to restore what had been lost so that in, uh, one day we can bear that image, one day we can bear that likeness, one day we can be like God. This also passage is not just a physical characteristics that we are talking about here. It speaks of everything that has life now. God has put the church on the earth to be that mechanism that he uses to display his glory. That mechanism that he uses to, to impart the kingdom of God and the purposes of God on earth. And I, I've been asking the Lord, I say, God, I know you want us to multiply. If our, if, uh, if I am, if our church is alive, if our church is a living organism, then you are calling us to multiply and increase. If every believer sitting here today, the day you receive Christ, he put the seed of God in your life, because he says when we come to Christ, we were once dead in our sins, but when we come to Christ, we become alive in God. Then also there is an expectation from Every alive believer, everyone that has come from the dead life of sin and bondage and has come to the revelation of Jesus, then there is an expectation that God says, now be fruitful and multiply. But then I think there is a disconnect. I don't see a lot of multiplication. At least I don't see it happening rapidly. I don't see it happening rapidly. What is going on? We, we need to be cognizant of what's going on spiritually, right? Uh, 
Before I go in there, I, I want to make some connections to you today because I do believe that God is shifting us and God is about to do something on the earth and I want to be one of those who have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. But I also want to be the one who has the courage and the strength to go forward and do what God is calling us to do. But I tell you, when we do that, there is great reward and, and it's incredible. Um, so let me, let me just point a couple things real quick. And then I can go in into telling you how I, I believe when we start changing our mindsets, the way we look at ourselves, the way we do church. We can start seeing the fruit that God is desiring out of his people. Uh, first of all, in the passage we read, we know that it is God's intent that we bear his image. So the offspring that we're going to bring forth from the earth is bringing forth offspring that bear the image of God. People around the world are broken. And there are some people that is so difficult <laughs> to see the image of God in them because of the things of this life. How many know that there are mean people out there? How many know that they are not? All, all people are not good people. And not all people mean to do good. Oh, love all people. Is this easier said than done. Okay, don't lie to me. You know why that is true. Oh, I, I, I just do love. You're right, because you haven't met the people that are unlovable. I say, oh, love, 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 until someone sees the world completely opposite of the way you see it. And you're like, are you from this? What planet are you from? We don't even see one thing the same. Then love becomes complicated. It's not easy as rosy as possible because Satan has distorted the view. And so we cannot see the image of God in people. But when we know, when we bring our mind and our understanding is that even the horrible people that have been damaged by this world, maybe self-inflicted, uh, victims of them, themselves, and, and, and they, they just are not lovable. If we start seeing people as image bearers, even though they might be covered up with dirt, and all sorts of things, but we know that every single person walking the earth is precious in the sight of God and God is after their soul so they can be restored. It changes how we live and how we treat people. In fact, I would submit to you that you will be more patient with people you cannot stand. This church is so quiet. <laughs> because you know I'm saying the truth. There are some people that are hard to stand. Sometimes they live in the same house as you. Let me not go there. I'm going to start there. But if we go with that understanding, if we remind ourselves that God's intent for every person is that no matter how ugly they may look right now, no matter how ugly they might be speaking right now, they were created with the intention to look like Almighty God. And inside all the roughness and all the foul mouth and all that, inside all that is the image of God. And sometimes for some people it takes a lot more work to bring it out. But it is in there. 
Because they didn't make themselves. God created them to be like him. People who look like God. And that it also says that he's given us authority. People who walk in the, the offspring that would walk in the power and the authority of God. What do you think it's, it means? But it says that have dominion, rule over. He says that in us is authority that God in the initial blessing of mankind, he deposited an authority over each one of our, of our lives. So there is an authority of God in us that through maturity and growth it can come out. So now things don't define us, we define things. Your past no longer, you know, you, you once were a slave to your past, but now it doesn't define you because under the authority of Christ, so Christ restores everything. See, he said, think about these words. He says, yeah, can't get it right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just paraphrase it here. He said that, oh, yeah, I get, it came back. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. So Jesus is as the authority. That's, that's, that, that was first from the beginning. Dominion requires authority. Rulership requires authority. I've watched this being a parent sometimes, which is very interesting. Especially when you have 10 kids, you see you, your statistics are better than when you have one. That's just math, period. Anybody take a statistic class in college? You know what I'm talking about. The law of large numbers, right? Hey, go tell that guy, that your brother, that dad needs them. Kid goes and says, hey, come upstairs. <laughs> and I watch it. I see, I see it playing out, and I'm like, I know this is not going to work really good. And more times than not, they have to say maybe three, four times. Because, like, come upstairs, who do you think you are? I've got a game going on here, and I'm about to win. But when they invoke, hey, Dad said, come upstairs, it's better. Yeah. <laughs> because of that authority, then that word has more power. Guys, I'm going to break the news to you. Christ has given us the authority of God on earth, his church. To have dominion. To stand up against the attacks of the enemy. Because the attacks of the enemy will come and keep on coming. <coughs> Excuse me, like that one. Be gone in Jesus' name. The attacks of the enemy will not stop until the trumpet comes. In fact, the Bible says it would even intensify before it gets better. So if attacks will keep you down, you're not going to win. Because attacks, hello, are just a part of being on this broken earth. They will keep on coming and think, I just won that one. How, how, how come they're coming at every direction? Yes, they will come at all directions. But Jesus says, don't be worried, worried about it because all authority has been given to me and I've given you authority. Attacks will come on your marriage. Attacks will come on your finances. Attacks will come on your work. Attacks will come on even the view of who you are. Your image, your self-esteem. You'll be attacked in every direction. You will question. Because it's all authority has been given to me.
and I'm giving you that authority. So the third thing is the maturity, who possess maturity, and walk in maturity in the power and authority of God. And that comes through maturity. And that thirdly is that they can fill the earth with the glory of God. Or fourthly, rather. Now, <clears throat> I want to summarize that because God is talking to Adam and Eve with respect to to the physical earth, that they were going to be fill out the earth, rule over everything. And it's amazing when you start reading even in between the lines. And very fascinating to me. I know some people are not fascinated with that, but it's just really cool how they were able to live and, and communicate with God and, and, and also communicate with all the, or communicate with all creation. And the creation obeyed them and they walked in sync with everything else. And, 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 the, and the world was in harmony until sin came and destroyed destroyed that and how things changed and now we live you know when I go to heaven one day the first person that I'm gonna have a beef with is Adam we just have to have a talk because everything I've gone through that is hard in this life he set me up for it Because everything changed. He says, from one man, sin entered the world. And because through man, sin entered into the world, through man, also life has to come. That's why Jesus had to be a man. And there's a mindset shift in our lives that we as believers, that we need to change if we're going to start seeing fruit as God demands. Fruit out of our lives. Fruit of character, fruit of eternal life, fruit of, um, th th that is, if we're going to start seeing fruitfulness in our lives, fruitfulness in the life of the church, fruitfulness in this generation, we have to really change the way we think and the way we look at things. Just a couple, th three thoughts I'm going to give you this morning what, uh, uh, that our mindset needs to shift. This is, I, I, like I said, if you were not here in October, go on the website, catch on on the messages that we had. We had the guest speakers in here. And I just felt like the Lord was actually just the way each one of them built upon each other. Uh, we had one about fruitfulness. We had one about giving our best and not being, be giving God mediocre service, but, but doing our best for Jesus, putting it all out there for the Lord. And, and, and then the last guest that we had was Pastor Mike, who gave us a message. I think he titled it, Love Covers All Things. But the essence of the message is about forgiveness. Because if we're going to go to where God wants us to go, we're going to need to be free ourselves. Because you cannot help people or take people where you have not been yourself. And I think sometimes that's where people hesitate on going because they feel like they are tied up themselves. They don't feel like they, they measure up themselves. And Christ is saying, no, you don't have to worry about that. You take care of the business that you need to take care of um, um, and get yourself free. To get yourself free by letting go and letting God. Take yourself free by forgiving people who do not deserve it. Who could never earn it. Earn it. But you, you need to be free. Amen? So as I compile this, I thought there are some mindset sheets that we need to be thinking perpetually if we're going to see fruitfulness. And I, by fruitfulness, I mean to see people saved in the power of God. I tell you, the gospel is still alive. 
The, the Bible says that um, I, I, we should not be ashamed. Paul is the one who made the statement, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God that brings salvation. The gospel is still the power of God. The gospel still brings salvation. The gospel is still alive. Can I go back to the song again? Even when I can't see you're working. My question is, why am I not seeing? God, let me see. Because when you see, you can't help yourself. But be a part of what God does. Sometimes God gives us a glimpse of his glory and he motivates us. It inspires us to seek more. Amen. So what mindset shift number one <coughs> this is a church <coughs> or a people who have this at the forefront, the commission of the church. Why are we even here? Why do we even do this? every Sunday or every time. Why do we gather? Well, we know uh, the church does have a mission. We're not just saved for ourselves. We're saved and we've been given a mandate to go one Preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 13, 10. I'm not, I don't have it over there, so if you're writing, you can look him up at home, and I'm not going to read them all. Two, to be a witness for Christ. That's your testimony. <coughs> to preach is, <coughs> a gospel is not the gospel unless it's preached. You know, I've had, I remember having a conversation with someone one day, and says, well, I don't really talk to people about the Lord. I just try to live in a way that my life will kind of talk. And there's some truth to that. But I mean, know that it has to be said. Things have to be said because in words, there is power. They're confusing preaching and witnessing. You witness through your testimony. And the tes your testimony is the fruit of your life. Your testimony sometimes speaks for itself. Because you can say one thing, but when you act a different way, you're not being a good witness for Christ. And so people look at you. I said a story of when I first came to Christ, I had a friend of mine that we used to play basketball with in the neighborhood that introduced me to a small group that was meeting in the neighborhood. And, um, and I'd go to this, I went to the group and I started enjoying, and just God was stirring me. I started reading my Bible, and in my heart, I'm thinking, man, you know, I really need to give my life to Jesus, but I was holding on. I was holding on. I was holding back, rather, and waiting. Because my friend had, I was living two different lives. Because I see who he was around people at church, I saw who he was around his dad. And then when we were hanging out, and all the friends were hanging out, I still saw who he really was. I liked what I was hearing. I love that he took me to church. I love that uh, it started stirring me. I had not been in church for like five years. And, uh, and then it got me going. But I was thinking, God, you know, I'm going to wait until I'm ready. 
I won't wait till I'm ready because I don't want to do this thing. I, if I, when I do it, I, when, I, when I do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, when I get saved, I'm going to really get saved. And you know, for a while it, it went on and I didn't realize, well, it's, his witness was off. And it almost kept me. Now, I would have still been responsible for my life. He wasn't responsible for me. But how many know that sometimes our witness can be a stumbling block to others? And it was to me until God just spoke to me. And I knew that I had made a decision for myself. That it was not dependent on anybody. Um, uh, when I stand before God one day, then I'm going to say, hey, I'm... Uh, I'm going to get a little exception here because Jeff was not a good witness. God's going to face God for Jeff and I'm going to save God for myself. Right? And, that, 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 and so, so, so we preach, we witness, we make disciples, Matthew um, uh, 20. We bring healing and deliverance. I want to zero in on that a little bit. Mark chapter 16. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to paraphrase it. You can read it at home. And this is what I believe the Lord wants to do on the earth today. There's this sense, I think, that sometimes we've come and accepted that certain types of miracles are not happening. Or we maybe intellectually agree that God can deliver people. That God can set people free from generational curses. That God can set people free from addiction, from oppression. For things, cycles that keep going on and going on. And some people have come to accept that. Well, I'm going to live on this pill forever. I'm going to live like this forever. This is the story of my life. I'm going to tell you that the gospel came to conquer even addiction and all these things that people are going through. It says the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. Too many people are walking with depression. And oppression, so mental illness has become so rampant. I'm, I, I, young people, even. I heard that there was a high schooler in Lincoln that took their lives away this week. Kids are suffering. They're looking for real answers. And the good news is the gospel still works. Even when we don't see it, he's working. And when we begin to believe in the power of the gospel, we begin to be activated in the purposes of God. We can see people set free. I have seen it with my own eyes where people have been broken off of addiction. Laughter. People sitting here today that have been broken from addiction, that they had no power. They went through all, every step and every whatever they did. But until they were able to encounter the power of Jesus... They were set free, and the Bible says that he that the Son of God has set free is free indeed. When God does a work, he does a complete work. And that is still available today, and that's a message we possess. And we need to begin to believe in the power of the gospel. Because when our mindset is right and recognize that we've been commissioned by God to preach the gospel to every creature, to be a good witness in our, in our community, to make disciples and helping people grow. We don't have to know everything. I don't have to be a no Z. If I know A and B, I can help some people that don't know A and get them at least to A. And when I go to C, I bring them to B. So we all can make disciples. We don't have to know it all. It's just bringing them people to the level that we are at. And as we bring them, we are moving on to the next level. He says, so make disciples. And as we do, I 
believe that we will begin to see the healing power and the deliverance power of the gospel because that just comes with it. It's not something extra. It's a part of the gospel. I have done so much studying and looked at the promises of miracles in the New Testament, especially in the gospel, and all of them, all of the miracles are tied to people who are active in advancing the gospel. We'd like to quote that one. Sam, open that Bible for me, Mark chapter 16. I left my Bible. I thought I'll just do all. You know, I always bring my Bible here and my iPad. And today I decided I'm just going to do my iPad. And then God says, read from your Bible. And I got to borrow one. Thank you. Mark chapter 16. Verse 15. Um, let me start at 14. It says, Then later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief. First thing he did, he says, So now you've seen me, and you know who I am. But you're still walking as faithless people. So he met with them as he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. So your hearts need to be softened. You put in so many walls. Oh, it's like, oh, they hurt me. They get me. I, I don't trust nobody anymore because one person hurt you. Two people hurt you. A hundred people hurt you. And now you're going to put a wall and have a hardened heart? You're going to give up your whole, the whole purpose and meaning of God's plan for your life because a few people were not nice. A few people did not live up. A few people maybe um, pretended to be who they are not. And now you, you are giving up your inheritance, your purpose for that. He rebuked their unbelief and the hardness of their heart. And because they did not believe those who had seen him and um, after he had risen. So now he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And the signs, the signs will follow those who believe that in my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it will not it will by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover thanks sir the gospel is tied to miracles we love miracles to see them happen and miracles is not stuff that we are to chase after. Miracle is a byproduct of a church that is active in advancing the gospel. People fly around, oh, for miracles and look, you don't have to chase them. Miracles happen because the church is active. And the church knows 
what our commission is. And we have it at the forefront where we go about our lives, we go about our business knowing that we're not just wandering, waiting till we're 65 to retire or we're 67 when the social, you know, for some of our social security may not even be there or whatever. No, it's like all those things happen as part of this life. But we live with a greater purpose. That there is a commission of our lives. There is a mission of our lives. God has put his seed inside of us. He's put his spirit inside of us. He's deposited his word inside of us. Um, he, he's changing us day by day. And as we go through our lives, we go through life just like everybody is going through life. But in that life, I'm a witness of Christ. In that life, uh, I'm a person that God uses. Um, um, we, 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 this year, as our family, we've had small sickness touch our home. I mean, just like common cold and different things like that. And we'd gone for years, I mean 10, 12 years without even having a cold. And I'm like, everything that's gone through Lincoln, it's at our house and then some of them, when you start going one after another, it take a couple months before everybody's feeling well. So last week we got another one. And I remember Pastor Dustin called me and said, Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? How, how's everybody at your house? I says, You know, the, the good thing is it looks like it hits really quickly. It's one day. Because around here, if it's like three days before the next one catches it, it might be a long time before it's all healthy. And, 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 I, and I remember just thinking, man, I'm tired of this. And it's small things. I know it's, it's stuff, you know, it's stuff that's going to walk through. And the Lord reminded me, you know, I've been praying for the last year. Uh, we have people that, that are going through really hard health issues. And I, every day I pray for, for a miracle. There's a couple guys, some people in my life and in my heart, that every day I'm praying, God, Work a miracle for them, God. Do something spectacular. Reverse what's been said. Do a work only you can do for them. I know that sometimes it even looks worse. And I know sometimes we want to give up. We want to give up hope. We want to feel like, man, you know, I don't want to be... Because we don't want to set ourselves up for disappointment because we hope for so long. And then, say, God, just do our work. And you know how Satan sometimes works? It comes as well, you can't even get healed from a cold. You think you know, I can't tackle cancer and all that. See, Satan lies that way. Yes, yes, he does. Mm -hmm. And I realized it was really a direct reminder. Keep praying for a miracle. Keep praying for healing. Keep praying for those things that only God can, can do. You know, there are some things that God, there are some testimonies that come out. You're like, no. This was not chance. This was not luck. This was just not the process of time. This was the doing of the Lord. And it is marvelous in my sight. That's part of the gospel. That's part of the message that we possess. And as I... <clears throat> I was going to give you three thoughts. I'm leaving you with one. And I said this message is continuing. I'm going to continue next week. But I believe God's setting us up, but our minds have to change. In us is the Spirit of God. God is still working on the earth. And God is, as I close this, God is more concerned about the lost than we are. Did you hear what I said? He has more passion for the lost than you and I could ever have. He has more passion, compassion for the broken than you and I can have, ever have. And he's calling us to walk with him. God doesn't use angels 
to work on the affairs of mankind. God uses people. God uses people. I could take a whole other 30 minutes giving you examples and proving to you that God always uses people to save people, people to touch people, people to heal people, people to encourage people, people to save people. That's why Jesus had to be a people. I knew if I did broken English, you'll get, I'll get your attention. <laughs> Jesus had to be a person in order to save people. Saul of Tarsus was hit by Jesus' smack down, angelic visitation, but he had to meet a believer to disciple him. We are his people in Lincoln, Nebraska, 2019. God wants to use you and I to touch people. And as we go, so no, 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 here's the promise. You think, here's the promise. It says, when we go about doing his business, he knows everything that is to know about our business. And he knows how to take care of our business better than we know how to take care of our business. That's why he said, do not worry about your life, what you would eat, what you would drink, what you would wear. For the Gentiles worry about those types of things. The unbelievers worry about all those sorts of things. But he says, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I would say that I know without a doubt my life has been a testimony of that. And I have seen from where I, if I feel my life from a little boy to this time, I know without a doubt that the blessings that I have seen in my own life are a direct, direct connection with, I said, God, if you can use anything, you can use me, Lord. You can use me. If that's your prayer tonight, I want you, today, I want you to stand. If you can use anything, God, you can use me.